Welcome to Stock Odds, Odds and End Podcast. I'm Dave Singh here with Rob Friesen, getting ready for the week ahead. Good evening, Rob. How's everything? Good evening. Not too bad. Thanks for being taking the time. I know we're running a bit late here tonight, but um, never too late, right, for uh, a look at the week ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, we're still in August here, a little low-volume month, but we're approaching a real key point in the month, and that's the last five days of August, and that's really robust uh, seasonality. So we'll go over that in a little bit. And there's a couple economic reports, and there's news of Jackson Hole and Powell, and then there's the future. So we still have stuff to talk about, even though it's kind of a lighter period during the month. But what's on your radar so far? <clears throat> well, um, you know, interesting, this 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 macro thing is, is not going to be uh, – disappointing this uh this fall i don't think uh we have a lot we have a lot of stuff up up and coming and i know it's not immediately this next week but um you know there was some articles about you know how much more u.s households are paying in electricity right uh-huh. but i saw an article like i guess the u.s households are almost 50 percent more than they were a year ago for electricity mm. um which is quite astounding but I saw this article, um, an Italian uh, tomato um, manufacturer, anyway, uh, been in business for a lot of years, big big plant, and his um, electricity bill for July of 2021, so a year ago, was 120,000 euro for one month, because it's a big, big factory, right? And he just got his bill for this July, and it was 1.2 million euro. 10x difference, wow. No, actually, sorry, it was 900, my, my, my apology, it was 980,000 euro, so about about an 8x, um, 980, so almost, you know. I mean, can you imagine? So anyway, he's gonna shutter the factory next month, done, finished. Uh-huh. Now, if that's is that just a tip of the spear? I mean, this is all like, natural gas tie, right? Now, now Italy has already been. I mean, this this goes back a couple of years already. I mean, since you know the, the the COVID thing really hit them hard, Italy's been particularly bad. Um, it has the highest rate rates in Europe anyway. But I mean, it's just scaling up from what it was, and it's it's going to impact you know all of Europe. Uh, so energy is the big thing, right? I mean, you know, that energy is what wars have been over and wars could still be over, right? Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, it, at the end of the day, does energy make your life more comfortable? It does. I mean, that's... Turn off your, go go hit your main breaker right now, well, well, other than running this podcast. But uh, how, how's the family, what's going to happen? Screams from the living room. Right. <laughs> Turn off the power. What's going to happen? <laughs> it's movie night over here. I'm going to have a ticked off family. <laughs> right. And what about the uh, quality of the air conditioning comfort? <laughs> you know, I mean, we need energy and uh, we've built our lives around it and it's improved our lives. Uh, we're not in the Stone Age anymore. So uh, but energy we, we just haven't arrived where it's fusion and energy from the sun is adequate for all our needs. 
would be nice, but we haven't got there yet. So the other interesting piece of news, um, did you see the uh, wealth fund or the sovereign fund? Here, let me pull this up here. I thought this was quite astounding. Um, so Norway's sovereign wealth fund, right? Uh-huh. It's the world's largest. It's 1.3 trillion fund uh, lost 174 billion in the first half of this year. <laughs> wow. 174 billion. That's a, that's a fair chunk, right? So you know, if sovereign wealth funds are losing that much, I mean, are we at risk for a sovereign debt default somewhere, or you know, sort of the systemic? Mm-hmm problems that can happen from these kinds of things. I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's you know, a lot of people drew down tremendously in the first six months of this year. Uh, maybe in July and a bit of August, they got some of it back. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, so keep your eyes on commodities, guys. I really recommend looking at what the dollar's doing on a day-to-day basis. And you know, we were having this massive change between the relationship of the U.S. dollar and the euro dollar. Uh, euro euro dollar has been getting pounded and probably more more to come yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and the commodities, you know, keep your eyes on these commodities. So the this euro one's back parity. The euro is back down to parity, right? Yep. Break below a dollar soon. Uh, it, it easily could. I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely got a lot of pressure on it. So let's take a look at the futures here, what they're doing right now. We have the Dow Jones futures off 125 points. Improved a little bit off the low already, but down 0.37%. S&P 500 off 16 points, down 0.38%. NASDAQ down 60 points. Five zero, and that's 0.46%. And the Russell down 6.70 or 0.34%. And the VIX, we did have that uh, rocket ship launch back up. And uh, we were, because we tagged, we literally tagged the 20, eh? Mm-hmm. Right? Actually went to 19.95. And then we shot back up and we're now at. Uh, 24.45 up 1.44 percent so the market's factoring in over this this role that we had right we already started to show signs of let's just focus on the s p for a moment we had this rollover prior to friday's down move but friday was the break out of the inside day that we had on thursday so when you get those inside days you have to respect a break with potential follow through where I call a gap and go, or even if we traded through to it and then you know broke through it during the day, still respect the follow through that can happen from that. So inside days are notable, and I, I love the you know the days that follow that. So that was Friday. You know, we had a substantial uh, move outside of our range. 
And, and that sets us up for, you know, what happens after expiration. Typically, there's a change anyway. You know, when we get expirations like we did on June, just go go all the way back and look at June's expiration, and you can see exactly what happened. We shifted out of that, and we basically set the stage for the rally that happened in all the way through July and into August so far. Mm-hmm. So, so these expirations are important, even if they're just a monthly. I mean, it, nothing special about August expiration other than there's not that many institutions around, lighter volumes, largely algorithmic, and um, you know, program trading, stuff like that, but, but not a lot of you know, new investment going on. Uh, but uh, when we get into September, you know, that quarterly expiration is much more uh, important. Now, as we look out into September seasonality, it is you know, a pretty poor performing month for the first three weeks of the month. It's in the last week that we usually have a rally if we're going to have one. Uh, so September, you know, so August might already be start willing to factor in ahead of time what's coming in September. Plus, we've got a lot of macro stuff on the horizon, right? Yeah. Okay, over to you. What do you got? Yeah, so I was looking at the uh, last five days of August. That's the next big seasonality coming up. And for the month of August, the entire month is like, 0.7 right but um all the gains are baked in the last five days of the month with an expectation i think it's 1.25 percent so within that i want to see which uh, sectors are doing better and worse so spiders expected to do 1.25 percent iwm is 0.98 and some of the sectors to do, do better are biotech so xbi 3.26% and IDB 2.77%. So biotech could do well. Uh, energy at 2.36% for XOP. Uh, chips, SMH 2.33%. QQQ 2.10%. XLK, XLC. So, so it's kind of a risk on technology kind of slant. Even ARC, ARC K expected to do 3.95%. Or the um, solar stocks, TAN, 1.41. So, so the risk on technology seems to be favored for that final five days. And things that are shorter, which are kind of the opposite, utilities, XLU, minus 0.34%. Gold, minus 0.19%. Uh, financials, basic materials, uh, industrial staples. So, so it tends to be, just the theme would be risk on and then, um, yeah, we do have some other things that's coming up this week, some earnings for key stocks like CRM, Salesforce, NVIDIA. So that could tie in with the um, uh, seasonality strength in, in chips anyway. So if we get a good print on NVIDIA, that plus the seasonality for chips could be positive. And then things like Gap Store, Zoom, Peloton, those are some other key ones. And um, then again, I, the media keeps focusing on Jackson Hole. That's that summer retreat. Uh, so on the 25th, I think Friday the 25th, or 26th, they're going to have um, 26th. They're going to have um, Powell making some comments, and he may be able, to be able to reset some of the expectations that the market has for interest rate hikes coming forward. So if um, they do want to soften the the recent kind of change 
um, they have a chance there. And then there's some economic reports uh, for manufacturing, durable goods, pending home sales, joblessness, inflation data throughout the week. So that, that's the kind of uh, themes that are in the background there for, for macro and economic uh, reports. Okay. Interestingly enough, um, you know, well, the, this, the five-day seasonality starts on Thursday, right? So Thursday, so the last five days start on Thursday, correct? Correct, yeah. Okay. So I pulled some of the ETFs just off of percent B uh, research because, you know, we had that down day on Friday. And so it would be, you know, probably dropping things closer to the lower Bollinger Band. So I wanted to see what, you know, what the outcome would be thereafter. So I pulled it on open to close for tomorrow because we need to get kind of prepared for our week, but also over the next five days, which some would overlap the seasonality. So let's, let's rattle through a few of those. Um, so if we look at the ARC funds, and this is ARC, ARC F all the way through ARC K, um, they're showing that for tomorrow, performance is expected to be negative, pretty much across the board. Odds are, be you know, below 50. Um, and then for um, the five days, so from the close of Friday until the close of next Friday, um, mm -hmm. it's showing the same thing um, a little bit a little bit more, you know, in terms of performance loss. So that that might mean that the the worst performance for those could happen like tomorrow through Wednesday, and maybe they will see that shift into seasonality. Or it could play out that week, and then it might come in the last three days. So you'd have to look at those funds for the last three days, not just the last five days, mm -hmm. right, for seasonality. Because it's nice when we can have some indicators line up with seasonality, like those matching ducks, right? Last three days are supposed to be strong as well, but the last five days is really robust, and the last last day of the month is negative. So okay, so then it's so okay. Well, it'd be interesting to see if if they are weaker in these next three days, and then they pick up from there. Okay, um, and you mentioned the tan stocks as well. Yes, yeah, with solar. Uh, so let's look at that. So the tan. Um, well, on the five days starting, like going forward from here, it would be 58.8 odds, performance 0.57. Uh, but just for tomorrow, it's uh, odds are below 50 at 45.6, and the uh, average performance is negative, sharp is negative. So it could start out, you know, down tomorrow and have a have a down day and then start to bounce back after that. OK, what uh, what other ETFs do you like? Uh, SMH, QQQ, XLK, so the, the big tech stuff and then also um, biotech, XBI and IBB. OK, uh, SMH. Uh, now, SMH is interesting because it's. It's 66.7 odds, uh, both on the 
performance for tomorrow with 0.26 per average performance and then for the five days 0.79 so it's showing good uh, good possibilities for strength for smh and that also is for all the other well for for sock stole which is the bullish the 383x bull um yeah okay and then you were wanting to see biotechs let's do uh, biotech. Yeah, XBI or IBB. IBB, yeah. So that one is uh, is slightly positive for tomorrow, and fifty two point three odds for the week. Zero point three one seven five performance uh, for the week. What was it on seasonality for the last five days? For IBB, uh, which one? IBB. Oh, 2.77% and XBI is 3.26%. So they're the most robust of the, the group. Okay. Well, this this says that, you know, should be okay for this week too. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, some people ask about gold and stuff like that. GDX is the senior miners, um, slightly positive. Uh, the junior miners for the week is supposed to be pretty good. 59 odds of 1.21. Mm. That's the junior miner. Maybe a good pair. GDXJ minus GDX. Yeah, I'd short the GDX, maybe go along the GDXJ on that. Again, you're much safer, you're much safer with a pair than a directional bet, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else uh, suit your fancy there? Uh Oil's tricky though. I mean, it's expected to do 1.19, like XLE, 1.19% relative to 1.25 for the spider. So, not much different than the market in general, but that's going to be more macro driven anyway. So. Okay, for the week here, we're sitting with oil um, having after this is again, this is after Friday's move. And I and I really recommend that people do this, is that they look at how things ended the week, then they run their numbers for the week following to get a framework for it. But if we go through, you know, I can rattle through all of these sector ETFs just to get, so you get a feel of this here. This is comparing tomorrow's performance, open to close only, with the rest of the five days. And, and bear in mind, this is only one signal. We're just using percent B, which is proximity to the Bollinger Band, and subsequent behavior. That's all we're using here. So we're not lining up tons of ducks, okay? Um, okay. But basic materials, um, slightly positive for tomorrow, uh, slightly off for the week in general. Uh, con- communications looks robust on both. Oil, XLE. It's uh, negative on both. And like for the week, minus 0.68 for energy. Uh, Financials, positive on both. Pretty healthy for the week overall. Industrials, really healthy for the week. Good tomorrow as well. Uh, XLK, looks like it has a potential to bounce back. Pretty robust for the week. Um, Slightly 
well, not bad for tomorrow. Odds are good, but performance is only 0.05. And consumer staples, uh, robust for the week and for tomorrow. So real estate, uh, robust for tomorrow uh, significantly, and then not bad for the week, 0.44%. Utilities are okay for tomorrow, just you know, not super performance, but okay. And then for the week, they're slightly negative. And healthcare, just slightly negative for the week and slightly negative for tomorrow. So there's a difference between mature healthcare and biotech, especially if, you know, they're in the premier category of growth, growth potential in biotech, right? Mm-hmm. And the, that uh, recent bill, they're going to have uh, drug, drug pricing caps, right? So that's going to affect the right the the bigger healthcare more than uh, right the growth. And then dis- uh, consumer discretionary uh, is pretty good for the week, 0.33 per percent performance. And then for tomorrow, it's slightly negative. So my take on tomorrow is that it does favor consumer staples, healthcare. And and REITs mm-hmm. and financials. No, not for tomorrow, not financials, but industrials and communication services. Um, and then what's slightly down tomorrow might be the discretionary financials, basic materials. Um, oil. So that's that's kind of the, the way it's laying up here. So we'll we'll consider that when we're putting together our lists for tomorrow's trading. And um, also there's always the pre-market check, right? To see if things line up. Anything else on your radar? No, that's it. that's it on my list here. Okay. All right. Well, good trading and uh, thanks for joining me here tonight. All right, goodbye. Thanks.